Hello and Merry Christmas. My name is Ben Burrell and welcome back to Bob Dylan Album by Album, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at each Bob Dylan studio recording record by record. Let me just start by saying at the very beginning of this podcast, this album we're looking at today is a ridiculous album. There is no doubt about that. And it would be easy for me to sit here and moan about this record for a good 15 minutes, but I'm not going to do that because of a simple fact, I like this album. I really, really do. I know I'm in the minority. I'm not trying to convince you to feel the same way, but I thought I would point out the album's good bits as opposed to what it lacks, and it does lack a lot. So I'm definitely not saying this album is a classic, but in my opinion, there is some stuff to like here. I mean, there's a lot not to like too, but there's some stuff to like, and I want to point that out because I feel it deserves some credit. And also, I'm not one of those fans that blindly praises every single Bob release. I hope the episode on Empire Burlesque is testament to that. But just have a listen to this and try and consider the good points for this album. Try and consider what this album really, really is, and that is a light-hearted, unashamed, festive record that's full of fun. This is 2009's Christmas in the Heart. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, best in holiday time. In the air there's a feeling of Christmas. I feel quite personal about this record because every year for almost the last decade I've sat down on Christmas Eve and wrapped my nearest and dearest presents. Yes, I tend to leave things to the last minute. But every year without fail, I've done it to the soundtrack of Christmas in the Heart. And every year this record gets more charming. It's fun, it's offbeat, it's quite dreamy in places. And of course, it's far from perfect. But that far from perfect nature only adds to its charm. When you think about it, this is the most Dylan record he could have made. Just when we thought we'd had the biggest curveball of this part of his career, with an accordion-led album in the shape of the preceding record Together Through Life, he pops up that winter with a full-blown Christmas album. Who saw that coming? This is Bob being very Bob and doing what he wants to do, regardless of how many eyebrows are raised. In fact, I think that might have been his biggest motivation for the record. He likes to mess around with people's expectations of him, and he does that throughout the album's 42-minute runtime. He also made sure it helped a good cause too. Dylan's royalties for the LP went to charities including Feeding America, Crisis, which is based in the UK, and the World Food Programme. He's quoted as saying that the fact the problem of hunger can be ultimately solvable means we must each do what we can to feed those who are suffering. It also appears he really likes Christmas as well. He's quoted as saying that whilst he was obviously raised Jewish, he never felt left out at Christmas, something that we assume only grew during his adoption of Christianity. He's also quoted as saying elsewhere that regardless of religion, people can relate to these songs in their own way. And he's right too, this is not a resurgence of that religious period. It's a more festive record than a collection of traditional hymns. Sure, there are traditional songs in abundance with traditional arrangements, but unlike a lot of Bob records, the main theme here is fun. Listen to the glee in his voice as he sings Frolic and Play on Winter Wonderland. We're frolic and play, they just come away. The album itself was recorded in Santa Monica in a studio owned by Jackson Brown. And it's well produced too. Bob handles the production duties himself, appearing under the pseudonym Jack Frost, and he brings a nice sound to these covers. Take the opener Here Comes Santa Claus, for example. Sure, it's not revolutionary in its sonics, but we do get a nice bit of electric guitar running up the strings and some nice detail too from an electric piano, the obligatory sleigh bells and a tight choir, all underpinned by a mandolin. Santa Claus, 
Run down Santa Claus Lane Fixing and blixing and old as reindeer Pulling on the reins Bells are ringing, children singing All is merry and bright Hang your stockings, say your prayers Cos Santa Claus comes tonight The sound is very slick and modern but at the same time it never becomes drab. It's hard to walk this line of modernising these ageing songs and bringing new life to them without ruining their magic, but Bob manages to do that pretty well with the arrangements for the most part on this record. In fact, the record actually deviates from the norm at points. There's a return to the previous record's accordion on track 10 and single, Must Be Santa. Originally written by Hal Moore and Bill Fredericks and first released in 1960 by Mitch Miller, Bob's version in comparison is a bit of a riot. Unsurprisingly, the original had a much more traditional sound. Bob obviously updates the song and once again brings the fun. In fact, this album is possibly the most fun Dylan record ever. And it's not ironic, it's not a joke, it really sounds like he's kicking back and enjoying himself. Quite a rare thing for Dylan. This has continued onto the song's video. From the opening countdown cards, to Bob smoking a cigar, to his May Day-like dancing, to his ridiculous wig, this is joyful. Continuing this, in the middle of the track, we hear a party in full swing, where the song's German drinking roots really come out. Elsewhere, the record is full of surprises. On track eight, O Come On You Faithful, Bob delivers the first verse in the song's native Latin. This surprise brings into focus another attribute of the record. When you sit down and look at the tracks, it's actually quite a varied Christmas album. It's not a load of standards thrown together, it's quite diverse and it's quite layered. In another shift, we have a prelude to Bob Sinatra period on the croony Christmas blues, which again has slick, clean production. You know the way I'm feeling when you love and you lose. I guess I got Later, we also get a mini excursion to Hawaiian Christmas rock in the form of Christmas Island, which features some generic but wonderful slide guitar and some great backing vocals. Tracks like this really make for an enjoyable album. It's far from perfect. Not every song lands. Some melodies are a little bit elusive for Bob's ageing voice. You never really feel he nails the vocals on track four, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Oh, 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 oh. 
the production doesn't really help here either, it's all a bit flat. And the same can be said for Bob's version of Little Drummer Boy. It's a very safe cover that doesn't really bring anything new to a song that has been covered so many times. At this point, you want to hear a new take on this classic, but Dylan just recreates former takes. I am a poor boy are pretty much the same on Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Although here the obvious production is more enjoyable as Bob's voice gives the song an emotion helping it to thrive. He barks over cool instrumentation suiting the nostalgic setting of the song's lyrics. long, the record is pretty lengthy. Take a song like track 12, The First Noel, for example. It's a good listen, but you feel like it's a lot of other tracks elsewhere here. You feel you've heard this type of song and this arrangement multiple times on this album. And while I mentioned earlier the record is a diverse record, it does repeat itself on some tracks. You end up wishing we could have had a couple of originals thrown in. An original Christmas Dylan composition could be great. I imagine a soft, heartfelt, intimate song in the vein of What Good Am I or One Too Many Mornings. And whilst we're putting things on our list, no pun intended, it would have been great to hear a take on a modern song. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to hear Bob tackling All I Want For Christmas Is You, although, having said that, that could be a great listen, more that the album is just a little traditional heavy at times. For Bob, this album would do decent business. It went to number one in the Billboard holiday charts and top ten in a number of countries. Critical reception was decent as well. Most critics agreed it was nice to hear Bob in a different setting. I think sometimes at this point of his career, it's easy to declare a Dylan recording a masterpiece before hearing a single note. In fact, I'm still baffled by some five-star reviews I've read for Triplica, but this record does deserve to have some praise. It's far from perfect, but it's a fun record that brings us something new, and for that, we should be pleased. In a career full of twists and turns, it's great that Bob is still surprising us on his 34th studio album. Long may that continue. That's it for this episode. I hope throughout it you didn't lose all respect for me and the podcast and you will come back and listen at some point soon. Uh, as I say, I know I'm very much in the minority in saying that I like this album, um, but I hope if you didn't like it to begin with, you found something you might enjoy in it. And if you did like it already, then I hope you enjoyed the episode. Share your thoughts on the album, please. You can tweet me at Bob Dylan Podcast, or you can drop me an email, bobdylanpodcast.com. Normal service continues next time as we continue to take a look at the times they are changing. Join me for that. Until then, though, thank you once again for listening and goodbye.